This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. Good morning. Welcome to Deep South Dining. It's Monday morning. We're live on MPB Think Radio. Good morning, Carol. How are you? Mal, I am so good. It's so good to see you this morning. You've been out and about since I uh, have we been. Were I would say I've been out and about. Tell us where you've been and well, what you've Mal, been doing. I hopped on over to Vienna. <clears throat> that would be in over. Austria. Just hopped on over okay. to uh, to support our friend in Mississippi and William Garfield Walker, who is a young conductor who yeah. he conducted a symphony his own now symphony orchestra in vienna last thursday night and wow what a talent mississippians all over the world wow so young creativity william, young william is a product of uh, jackson public schools is he, he is indeed and of the mississippi symphony in the mississippi Symphony Youth Orchestra and mm-hmm. Orchestra, and then yeah, left to go to school, and now he is a maestro and enjoying quite a bit of success at a very young age. He just turned 30 wow. uh, in Vienna, so I was happy to be a part of that. I thought of you a lot. Every time I saw a strudel. <laughs> a strudel. <laughs> or, or a or schnitzel. A schnitzel. A Wiener schnitzel. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. What about, did you fan. go to any of those uh, beer garden events where they have what my cousin used to call farmer jazz playing? Yes, um, indeed we bands. did. We actually spent a little time in Germany. Uh, we were on the Danube River, and it's Oktoberfest. Of Even course. though it was September last <laughs> week, it was Oktoberfest. So there was a lot of umpa. There were accordions. Yes. There was, you know, great beer, and, mm. and and dogs, and many dogs, and then the magic of uh, a symphony orchestra. Now, you be, besides going to Vienna to hear young William conduct, y'all also were on a, a river cruise type thing, right? Yeah, in, you know those Germany? river cruises you see on those every long commercial. Boats. Those yeah. long boats. It was absolutely. Magical. Wow. I mean, you just don't have to do a thing except for sit there, breathe, <laughs> and eat wonderful meals, and get off at wonderful towns. And I even took the liberty of doing a Bavarian cooking class. Of course, you did. And it was all for you in Java. I felt like, even though I wanted to just sit on the boat and watch oh, no. the world go by, mm. I did sign up to go into some remote area, village. Yeah, a village. <laughs> On, on a bus, on a bus, with five other people, and tell us about your cooking class. Well, I've so much to come come back and teach you in Java. <laughs> but if the Germans know how to do anything, it's how to roast pork. They roast a pig well. They do it. They do pork knuckles, pork snout, pork. There's just a lot of pork going on. And they pound the Wiener schnitzel. They pound Wiener schnitzel and. We went to a cooking school. It was just this lovely retreat that uh, 
a chef who had worked in Michelin three-star kitchens, you know, decided he wanted to opt out of the life, mm. as we know, yeah. the late nights, no family pressure, right. and opened a beautiful retreat somewhere in the Bavarian forest and teaches cooking classes and host groups. But, you know, what a great guy. But our, our dishes where we did a roast pork with beer, mm-hmm. very simple, can't wait to make it for you, uh, you know, vegetables, pork. We actually massaged the mustard paste into the you pork. Now, massaged I have never massaged the mustard paste into have, the yes, pork. and I've never thought of using that term. with yeah. That could be one roast. of our culinary terms. Yes, so... Mm. Um, Nancy Campbell from Jackson and Donna Barksdale would not m- massage. No, they refused. She's a semi-vegetarian oh, except for right. bacon and now, cheese. What about the pastries over there? Oh, my, my goodness. gosh, the pastries, the strudels, the dumplings. Ugh. And as you saw this morning, I am a dumpling. You're, my, a, you're my dumpling, yes, but not. Yes, I know, but they put a dumpling in everything. And, you know, like in a beef goulash, the dumpling is the size of... Of a baseball floating about, in not the a softball, but a baseball. It's just okay. perched, yeah, perched inside, made out of potatoes. But they're sweet dumplings, savory dumplings, um, lots of coleslaw. I'm going to do a coleslaw with bacon dish for mm, you. I love coleslaw. But yeah, it was a very special trip, and got back last night. And here I am early this morning. Amazing. How about the jet lag? Got any? No no jet lag yet, but, you know, the gift that says I love you from Austria is sauerkraut. Oh, I love so sauerkraut. So I bootlegged some sauerkraut. Hope it didn't get into your uh, your. Oh, uh, I was careful. Luggage. But I'll be delivering you some sauerkraut, so start oh, planning. Terrific. Well, that sounds like a beautiful thing. Uh, yeah. What, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> meanwhile, back here in Mississippi, we are also... Entering fall, and I will say that uh, my wife Kara last night kicked off the season by making a giant pot of acorn squash soup with fresh sage. So that's fall at our house. Yeah, you you welcomed Absolutely. the season. And you know, we we went down to New Orleans for a wedding for Andrew Kehoe and Meredith Massey's wedding uh, on Friday, and. Uh, the, the city is a wonderful place this time of year. You know, New Orleans in the fall is fantastic. We stayed uptown. We went to the wedding. It was at a beautiful venue called the Felicity Church, which is a former Methodist church now turned into a special events, occasional, occasion place. And the food was f- fantastic, soft-shell crabs, deviled eggs, pork, lots of pork, uh, pulled pork. It was, a, it was a fine setup, a beautiful wedding, great music. A good time was had by all, and uh, I noticed on a billboard driving into the city, there was an advertisement for Autumn Spice Coffee. Oh, and you knew what that meant. And I thought, hmm, new term. Here we go with pumpkin spice again. And we have indeed. I even read about it in Europe. I will tell you that the Europeans are what they say bum-fuzzled. About, they are bumfuzzled about the American pumpkin spice Our craze. obsession, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, pumpkin was everywhere over there. I mean, I had a number of, I had like three different pumpkin soups, but they they don't think about pumpkin spice in the same way. Mm. And 
the Guardian newspaper in Britain article that I read said pumpkin spice sales have increased 47% Hmm. in five years. And this year we have even more terrible, gross products to add, including pumpkin spice deodorant, pumpkin spice body wash. I mean, I've never wanted my man to smell smell like pumpkin spice. I want it in my kitchen. Yeah. I mean, if you have to have it somewhere. Yeah. And toothpaste, even dog treats. Dogs are getting in on it. Pringles, pumpkin spice Pringles. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, And really, all, you know, pumpkin spice is cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, and allspice. A beautiful uh, beautiful combination that they are just ruining by putting it under your arms and on your body. It's been marketed to (laughs) oblivion. Hey, guess when Starbucks started the trend that really the pumpkin spice Um, latte started it? About 2010. 2003. Oh, I'm a little behind there. Six million pumpkin spice lattes have been sold at Starbucks. Now, that's a I'm, lot. I'm proud to say I've not bought the first one. I have. Well, Does it mean there's anything wrong with it? I have not bought the first one, but if you remember, Joe Sherman brought us pumpkin spice lattes from Dunkin' Donuts last year because oh, he yeah. heard us dogging the pumpkin. That's right. He loves the pumpkin spice because he's in the he's Dunkin' in the business. business. He's in the Dunkin' business. Yeah. <laughs> Java, what do you have to say about pumpkin spice this morning? I think because of what Joe Sherman um, did, um, I think I'm going to partake a little bit more than I have because I've never partaked in pumpkin spice. <laughs> but it, it is excessive when you, because I think you brought in one year spam mm. um, yeah, pumpkin. pumpkin spice. So it's it's just been marketed to the high heavens. Wow. Okay, no spam on our Thanksgiving Not table. this year. Not this year. Well, uh, to our listeners, we appreciate you tuning in to Deep South Dining. We are live, but we're not taking calls today because it is drive time. And uh, Carol, we have, you have put together some amazing gifts, packages that there is a drawing that our listeners can partake in. Can you tell us a little bit about those? I can indeed. We are offering a package with the uh, wonderful Alluvian Hotel in Greenwood, Mississippi. It is a one night uh, for two persons. Mm-hmm. And the big treat is a Viking cooking school class. Wow. And, yeah, I started thinking about that because, well, first of all, you know, I worked there for a number for years, of years yes. and, and, you know, helped start the cooking classes. And what a treat it is. And people come from all over not just Mississippi, but the Southeast, to come to these cooking classes. Our friend Leanne Galt teaches there. And I started thinking of things that that you and I have both liked and supported in Mississippi, and that's one of them. It would be a great weekend for somebody. What a package. Java, can you tell our listeners how they can register for this drawing to go to the Alluvian and a cooking class at Viking? Well, it's one of our packages that you can uh, 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 be interested in um, for drawing. All you have to do, you can, uh, several ways, visit our website, mpbonline.org. Click where you want to show your support, and um, you will be entered into the drawing. We have several uh, drawings throughout the week, and the good, good thing about getting in on our pledge drive early is because once you enter, 
let's say you, for whatever reason, do not win, you're still entered throughout the rest of the week, which we have some other great packages coming up. And in a little while, we're going to have uh, Kevin Farrell, Lisa Lancaster. They're going to let you know how you can, uh, you know, become a supporter of MPB Think Radio and be entered into this wonderful package for the Alluvian and uh, Viking Cooking School. So, Carol, you were with Viking as the president of the hospitality group, which included the cooking school, the restaurants, the hotel. The spa. The spa. The, all of the um, yeah. the, the swag, the marketing. You did all that. Well, yeah, with the, with the hotel and the cooking school. And it was just one of those great examples of if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Fred Carl, the founder of Viking, envisioned you know greenwood as a culinary mecca and indeed it became that and you know the downtown was revitalized the hotel opened in a abandoned building as did the cooking school i mean really (laughs) turned greenwood into a destination center but there are several kind of cooking classes there are demonstration classes where you actually watch the chef Mm-hmm. and watch them prepare. And then there are the hands-on cooking classes that Leanne Galt and others uh, cook where you have maybe eight to ten people in the cooking school, and you prepare and then eat the meal yourself. And although, you know, our package includes the cooking school and the overnight, there's still a spa, there's a retail store. Bookstore. Gardenas. Lots going on Yeah, Turnrow Bookstore. B.B. King Museum, 20 minutes away. Great weekend to be had. It's Monday morning, and it's drive time, and we are glad you are tuned in today. Indeed we are. Malcolm, have you done your pledge yet? Not yet, but I uh, certainly will be reminded to do so. And you? And we're going to do it today. Today. All right. Well, we have special guests this morning, all the way from the Mississippi Gulf Coast, in up to his neck, as it were, in cruising the coast. And this is one busy man. This is Chef Rob Stinson from MPB TV's Fit to Eat. Good morning, Chef. Well, good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? We're great. Tell us, how, how did cruising the coast go? All right. Well, the big kickoff party was yesterday called View the Cruise, which that is an incredible event set up in downtown Gulfport. And let me tell you, it was record attendance. Record. This is the most registered cars that have ever happened in history. And uh, it was really a spectacular day. So, yeah, very, very exciting Wonderful to see such a positive response and to see that many people out enjoying our beautiful Mississippi Gulf Coast. Well, you know, Malcolm and I are both former coast people. He in Bay St. Louis and me in Pasco Shan with my family. And we both remember the days when cruising the coast was a few cars coming down right. on Highway 90. Certainly changed <laughs> now. Isn't so, so, it, yeah, in, in it amazing? Event. Yeah. It, it's utterly amazing, and by far my favorite event of the year. It's just, it's so incredible to see how many people are coming that, and and many of them have never been here. 
Right. These you are, know, so uh, this is like a first great chance for them to really experience the coast. Right. My father-in-law drove, uh, well, he towed his 57 Chevy down two years ago. Really? And spent the entire from week. From Virginia? He, he drove it down on a trailer from Richmond and based it in Bay St. Louis and had the time of his life. He drove all over the coast. He went to every party, every event, and was just blown away. It was, you know, it, it, it can make somebody's day when they get to this area. And, you know, our coast is so accommodating that that's the part, the cuisine. Let me tell you, we we had food everywhere available, you know, and of course, at my restaurant, Salute, it was a huge day because Sunday brunch, we won the best brunch on the coast year after year. We we were insanely busy. And then I have Kelly Sports Pub in downtown Gulfport, and we were showing the game. Uh, I don't know if you guys Vegan. realize that. From yeah, London. Was that crazy? 8.30 in the morning, we had people in that bar eating, you know, eating crazy food and uh, yeah, enjoying some Bloody Mary, shall we say. Yeah, there's nothing like a Saints fan at 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> let, let me tell you, it, it got the day kicked off to a very unusual start. I'm I just going to say that nicely. Well, Rob, you have four restaurants on the coast. You have the Reef, Salute, Kelly's, and Baja Beach. Well, Tell- Baja is actually a restaurant that I lease now to a company called Fat Bottom Barbecue. Love that name. Yeah, it it used to be Slap Your Mamas, and Mm. it's right there on Restaurant Row with the Reef, and uh, and it's an exciting place as well. So yeah, everybody, you know the thing the thing about Biloxi and Restaurant Row, we put together. I chair the Biloxi Boardwalk Association, and we actually built and constructed that boardwalk. And yesterday was in its glory. There were so many people from out of town. That boardwalk now goes all the way to Treasure Bay and then all the way down to the far end by Snapper's Seafood Restaurant. And it has really turned into a wonderful addition because it gives Mississippi, and I like to say this publicly, it gives Mississippi a true destination on our beautiful coast much like Alabama and Florida have, which right. didn't exist. You know, we didn't really have a, hey, let's go to the boardwalk in Biloxi. Right. And and I think it's a really, really beautiful spot that a lot of people do not realize it exists. You know, so it's more than just restaurant row. Now, Rob, you, <clears throat> you're a very busy, busy uh, man. You operate all of these restaurants and gathering places, but you also host uh, MPB's TV's Fit to Eat. And now you've been doing that how long, Rob? Well, really 10 years, but this is our ninth season of filming. you got to figure COVID right. you know, came into play. But, yes, yeah, so we, we just are airing right now the ninth season of Fit to Eat. And, you know, I, it, it's something I'm so proud of. When, when this initially was created – the thought of something healthy, completely designed and built out of Mississippi product, right. which it is. You know, these, these were kind of the parameters of how we started the show. And it had to be products that were not 
you know, difficult to prepare. So in other words, not like elaborate French style. This had to be something that was kind of more grassroots. And all the product had to be available any superstore that you go to anywhere in the state of Mississippi. So the parameters were simple to make, accessible food, everything born and bred out of Mississippi, and everything healthy. And I like to say this because Dr. Rick DeShazo had his, his non-white diet. No salt, no sugar, no white flour. Ooh. And all of the nine years of recipes, well over 100 recipes, not one of them has any of those three ingredients. That's amazing. That is, that's truly amazing. And Rob, I must say, I was really honored to get to be on a segment of the show uh, this this season. And uh, I, I am your biggest fan. Uh, I love what you do. You have a, a great following and you are doing a fantastic service for the people of Mississippi. Absolutely. Well, thank you. No, thank you. I I, I just think it's really great that, you know, Mississippi can now start to make a name on something healthy, you know, that's so important. It is so, so important. Right. So not only is the show all the things you just described, but also every show there is a special guest. And I know coming up in two weeks – on October the 22nd, you have a very special episode of Fit to Eat, which will feature our own Carol Palmer. Yep. Oh, Malcolm, yep. I, I, now, hope, I hope I'm worthy. Now, what did, y'all, what did you prepare? I know it's pre-recorded. I know it wasn't done this morning. But do y'all remember what you yes, prepared? Yes, I remember very well. It was a wonderful turkey meatloaf that was... Easy and delicious, and Rob did it in little mini, mini loaf pans. And the loaf pans were so attractive, but like his ingredients, they came from a store. I believe these were from, you know, Walmart. And it just, you know, everything was accessible, but it it was uh, such a treat and to watch his technique. And Rob, Malcolm and I have never pretended to be commercial chefs we are home cooks so we are constantly learning from everybody around us and i learned something from you that day that was so surprising that has really changed my cooking what what is that how you warm the pan you keep all of the pans on the stove that you are using warming and yeah. I just never made that connection. I think about restaurants having, you know, high flame and putting the restaurant, uh, I mean, and putting the pan on. But I had never considered just keeping my pans on low heat be- even, you know, before I scramble an egg, be- you know, before I saute something, that, that the pan is warm when the fat or or the <laughs> non-fat, in your case, when the food hits the uh, hits the pan. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you noticed that because you know it's interesting. I try to preach that most people, and and think about this. You know, I I brag about using a half a teaspoon of oil because there's such a high content of fat in oils, and if you put that half a teaspoon in a pan that isn't hot and drop the food in it, it's just immediately absorbed into the food. Whereas what you just described, having the pan hot before the food goes in, it sears the outside of the food. 
So rather than the food absorbing the oil, it just simply becomes a cooking medium. It's such a, it's it's such a important basic kind of principle, but most people are just simply not aware of it. So I'm really glad you took that from the show, you know. And I and, and let me tell you, it was such a fun show. And the thing about it that I really like, and and this comes from, I, I you know you mentioned Java that I've got a lot of companies have this company Eat Right Meal Prep where we do food and most of our food now goes to the elderly on the Gulf Coast that really simply can't get out and cook or they just you know they've lost their significant other and they're not motivated to cook and that meatloaf is the number one most popular dish that we serve and it's ironic you know I, I who, who would think well let's come up with something that the majority of people like but let's do it this way not that way. And that's that's my favorite little phrase, you know. I know it sounds kind of quaint, but it's really true. No, you it's, know, it's the you, essence you of what try. you're doing. It truly is yeah. the essence of what you're doing. But can can you tell our listeners about the meatloaf? Well, it's it's really the the irony in there is there's nothing your typical meatloaf is loaded with butters, breading, you know, everything that unfortunately is not healthy. So putting in ground vegetables, putting in good fresh seasoning, putting in, you know, anything but and and no whole eggs, you know, I mean, it just comes down to really trying to find alternatives. And if you watch the show and, you know, I love sending people, you know, to mpbonline.org slash fit to eat so they can actually go watch the recipes that gives them an ability to really see. And that show will be there so they can go directly, you know, to MPB online and actually watch the recipe. Because you know what's tough? A lot of people can go buy recipe books. But when you stand there and try and follow it and cook, it's like, forget this. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to sound horrible, you know, but I, uh, you know, I really believe that the beauty now with technology the way it is, that people could be directed to the website of MPB and watch it on their, you know, iPad, if you would, or on their little laptop in the kitchen while or they're on cooking. their telephone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? You're right. I mean, you know, I don't see that well, unfortunately. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I think it's just getting old, my vision, even with contacts. But, you know, all kidding aside, you're absolutely right. Somebody could sit there with their phone, watch it on their phone, have it in the kitchen. And let me tell you, that's the easiest way. That's kind of, you know, on the job, what you call on the job training, where you have somebody kind of holding somebody's hand through the process. That's exactly the same thing. We want to thank Chef Rob Stinson for joining us today, and we want to thank you again for the great show on MPB TV. Fit to Eat comes on every Saturday at 1 p.m. on MPB TV. You can check out recipes and past episodes by going to our mpbonline.org site. And, Rob, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you, and we love the work that you do. Thanks so much. You guys have a great day. Thanks, Rob. All right, I'm Malcolm White. Deep South Dining, of course, is brought to you by MPB listeners who are also supporters. This is radio for the community, supported by the community. It is our fall on-air fundraising campaign. Do your part for the love of Mississippi at mpbonline.org. We are glad you are here. 
whether you are listening to us live or listening to our rebroadcast or podcasting us at your own convenience. Um, Malcolm. Yes. You have come up with this list that we'll be working on all year. <laughs> Our culinary terms. Of, of culinary terms, and you're so, so proud of this. I am. And you're proud to be teaching the people and ourselves. And myself. And yes. yourselves about these, <laughs> and especially Java. Yes. Java yeah. has been my support staff. He has been your support this. group. So <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you give us your, your term of the week? I, I think... Since since you don't know your ABCs well, I believe you skipped over oh boy. this one when you were in the B's. When but we were please. in the B's, I left out brine. Now. Shame on you. Okay. What is brine? It's brought up every Thanksgiving. A brine is a salty mixture, often a liquid, used to marinate meat. The term also refers to the act of brining. Also, there are two types of brine, wet and dry. A wet brine involves submerging the meat into a salty liquid, while a dry brine is achieved by coating the meat in salt to allow the seasoning to slowly diffuse throughout the meat. What an excellent definition that is. Do you agree, Java? I agree, but the question is, do you brine your turkey? And if so, do you wet it or dry? To brine or, or not, not to brine. brine. That, that is, is the, the question. question. I'm a wet briner myself. <laughs> uh, I use Emerald Lagasse's recipe for a brine, and it also has citrus in it and some herbs like ah. rosemary and thyme. And I brine it. The first time I brined, I put it in a giant copper stock pot that was more decorative than it is. Mm. It wouldn't fit on my stove. Oh, boy. And the mistake that I made was then trying to lift it or slide it or get it somewhere. <laughs> so I ended up putting it in a giant plastic bag, or now I brine sometimes in an ice chest. Yes, I've heard of that. I prefer dry. Uh, I like to coat the exterior of the meats that I'm cooking with salt and other herbs uh, and make a nice crusty exterior. I have no problem with a liquid brine for people who That's good to hear. like to liquid brine. Uh, but No judgment. No, none whatsoever. Java, do you have a preference or are you pondering the possibilities well, here? Well, just to be in all honesty, I hadn't heard about brining until you guys brought it up a couple of Thanksgivings ago about, because, you know, I was at the tail end of the cooking process when right. it was time to eat. <laughs> so I didn't know about brining your turkey. <laughs> Unlike now where you have become quite the culinarian. Yeah, I'm in the kitchen a little bit more, I can I can say. I, and uh, Malcolm, let me just say from my recent experience in Germany, let me suggest that when you dry back brine, you massage the brine, massage the into, brine. The, into the meat. Yes, rub it gently into the 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 skin, it, the fat. It, the, it, the it depends on if you like deep tissue or right. relaxation. Yeah, don't ask the turkey. Okay. Okay, <clears throat> the next one, Carol, is I'm going to pass to you, is more of a sort of science project, science class sounding word. And that is emulsion. Hmm. And you've heard about sauces that are emulsified. Yes. 
Well, this is a word from a science class. Uh, Emotions are created through vigorous whisking to create a mixture of two liquids that usually don't mix, such Mm. as oil and vinegar, to name one that we all know. And this only creates a temporary emulsion. Uh, you all, you all, you often need uh, a substance to stabilize it called an emulsifier. But when I do, I mean, oil and vinegar, it is for the moment. Right. You it shake is for it up. The, yeah, it's for the, you, you whisk it, you right. shake it up, but you don't expect it to stay together. But when you're making, bound. right, but there are emulsions where it is permanent, where you use a stabilizer and you're mixing mayonnaise with ketchup or oil with Worcestershire or whatever it might be, and you want them to stay together so you can go that route. Find them. Yes, you can. I'm sorry that you didn't give me the word I really wanted. What word did you want? I wanted Julianne, but I give it to you. No, no, please, please take Julianne. Well, it's a technique that I love. I love the name, and it's one of those French culinary terms that sounds very fancy, but it's just a classic knife cut. Mm-hmm. And it's slicing vegetables into thin strips, usually about three pieces long. And sometimes, you know, I like kind of a little square julienne where you really, you know, have definite edges. hmm on, on your vegetables, or just slice, you know, just slicing thin pieces of vegetable. Yeah, very like thin, here, yeah. approximately three inches long, but yep. if it's three and a half, it's okay. It's, it's okay. If but it's, it's four, it's okay. It's a lovely term, Julianne, much like Blanche. I mean, yes, a these lovely are term. wonderful term. People Brine. name their children Julianne and Blanche. Now, <clears throat> while you are away in the Europe... I continue, as always, to send you emails. And I, you do I, indeed. I send out info as fodder for, for, for future shows. I sent you recently uh, an article about Hoppin' John. Indeed you did. You sent me some really great things, but that was one that really caught my attention. It's May. I'm hungry for Hoppin' John right now. And um, one of the words I loved in the article you sent me is Hoppin' John is a collision of culture. A collision. I like that, and I think we should adapt that term more often. We talk about it's a mixture of cultures or this culture barred from this one. Mm-hmm. But truly, so many of the foods we eat are, are collisions of culture, just one bumping into the other. Right, like and the tamale. Exactly. That is a, that's a collision. But um, a, a, a classic Hoppin' John... It's really peas, rice, and bacon. It started in the, you know, Carolina Low Country many, many, many years ago. The name can be debated forever, how the name Hoppin' John. I mean, some people say it's just kind of a southern thing, like, well, hop in, John. (laughs) And others, and really more historians, think it comes. It's an adaptation that, that our ears heard from the French term for pigeon pea, which is mm-hmm. pois pigeon. Pigeon peas. Now, pois pigeon. Hoppin' John. Right. Pois. Pois. Uh, pigeon. Pois pigeon. 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 I guess. Yes. I so, I'm the um, worst French of anyone you know. know. <laughs> but um, a Hoppin' John, especially this time of year for me, is a quick dinner. Wow. 
can make it in under under 30 minutes. Now, but uh, that's not the Hoppin' John of today. No, today there's chopped green onions on top of There are such. things in it because back in the old days when people smoked their pork, you know, the bacon they used it used had a lot more flavor than you know than what we have today, even though we have many flavorful bacon. So now not only can you add bacon, but you saute vegetables, mm-hmm. uh, you can add other meats to it. I mean you can be very creative with your hoppin' john. Like sausages. And for mine, I personally Ham. order Carolina Gold Rice. Oh. It's hard to find in grocery stores, but yeah, you know, it was the original rice that was grown in that area. In the Low Country. In the Low Country. And in the past 20 years, there's been a resurgence of people that started like Anson Mills, mm-hmm. Glenn Roberts, bringing back these heirloom rices. Wow. And uh, it, it's a long grain, very lush and delicate. And it just kind of makes it fun. So try some Carolina Gold Rice sometime. I will. That sounds absolutely divine. And I love a good Hoppin' John. I love beans and rice, peas and rice. I don't care how many ingredients we add to it. I just love the fundamentals of beans or peas and rice. And it's a basic of so many cultures. It has fed our families for generations. Yes. It is a good, low-cost Full of energy meal that you can can afford to serve at any time. Such is the red beans and rice of New Orleans. Yes. Java, while we've been away, we have received some emails, and we need to get to those and see who has been contacting us via the Internet. Yeah, well, I, we, we're running out of time on this special drive time edition, but I did want to um, – Let's see. I'm going to give you a dealer's choice. You, uh, comeback sauce, peanut sauce. Um, what you want to do? Yeah, I'll go with uh, peanut sauce. Okay, this peanut sauce. This comes from uh, Catherine. She, um, we talked about peanuts a couple of shows ago. Um, and I also talked about the food coma being in the DSM-5. <laughs> she, she food con- coma? She, con- she confirmed that. Uh-huh. Um, but happens. she said, I love a Thai-inspired peanut sauce, but can't seem to get it right when I try to make it at home. What do you know about peanut sauce, and what's the secret? Now, Carol, you talked about peanut dust. Peanut powder. Powder. Excuse me. And and, and pe- do you know a lot? Do you mu- do well, uh, you know, with my Thai peanut sauce, I use actually use peanut butter. Oh, you just use peanut butter. Peanut okay. butter. Yeah. And, uh, you know, grocery store peanut butter works fine. I personally like to use, uh, you know, nuts in uh, peanut butter with nuts in, in mine. But it might be. That to add a little more spice, you can use that chili garlic sauce. That's the Thai part, right? The Thai part. um, There's brown sugar in the peanut sauce. I mean, you can also use honey. Um, But but I I, I really prefer the brown. I I prefer brown sugar to honey in mine, and I like a little drop of fish sauce Mm. and some of the uh, the Thai. Can't think of the word chili garlic sauce. Yeah, and, and it's and it's the and it's the salty sweet. That's what makes that work. Yes, yeah. The nuts are salty. The fish sauce is salty. The Thai seasonings are sweet, tangy, and the sugar makes it 
happen. And there are also some great commercial peanut sauces now, whereas that was one thing you could never find before. Things have changed, Carol. Yes, they have now. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by the generous contributions of listeners like you, and we thank you. If you want to become a sustaining member, help bring this show and many others like it to listeners all across the state and beyond, visit our website at mpbonline.org. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. Thanks.